This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hey, that's uh, that's pretty weird. It's not a. There's a lot of fun aspects of that game. There's a lot of weird aspects of that game. However, at the end of it, end of it, the Raptors do lose to the Milwaukee Bucks in overtime after staging, I believe, a 28 to seven or 26 to seven run over the last like two three minutes of the game. They tie it up at 97. They lose 104 to 101 after starting out the game missing, I believe, 13 or 14 shots straight. And both teams, I think, like halfway into the first quarter, were sitting at 7-0 for the Bucks. An insane game. There's there's not a lot of... As far as watching basketball, I can say for certain, I've never seen a game like that before. And Makai Bruce is here to talk about it with me. He's a staff writer at Raptors Republic. He's a... Uh, he's my... You know, he's like my little protege. I'm trying to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to teach him all about hoops writing. And he's already so damn good, so it helps. But... We'll talk about the game in a bit. First, a word from the sponsors. This is, of course, the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm Samson Folk, and it is brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey, you want to go with Goldfinger Law? You know why? Because when you go with them, you only pay if you win. And so if you lose, you don't even have to pay. So whatever else was bad that was happening in your life, at least you're not paying the lawyer. And if you win, I mean, hey, hopefully you're winning some money or something like that. Uh, yeah, so you can contact them at 416-730-1777. And Kai, we are here. What is flashable moments? Tell me, what did you think of that game? You've probably never seen one like that before. I ain't gonna lie. When the game first started, it was pretty rough. I'm like, I think the first quarter was like 13 to 12. And I'm just like, yo, they started off like over 15. I'm like, this is a rough game. On And it's the first national TV game this season. So I'm like, this is mostly like the world's like first time. Like, oh, let me see what Toronto's talking about. And they start off like that. I'm like, man. That's, that's a rough way to start. But I thought the so, game was, you know, overall pretty fun. But I thought, like, at halftime, I'm, like, you know, more optimistic. Like, all right, they're starting to get into it a little bit. And then, you know, we obviously see the ending there. Like, it was just – it was a great ending there. So, at what point did you decide this game was fun, if it was halftime? But at what point did you decide this game was over? Because I know everybody thought this game was over. In fact, I believe ESPN, they have, like, the win predictor thing. It was at 100% when they were down, what, 18 with two and a half minutes left. So, uh, yeah, w- when did you think this game was over? I'm not going to lie. When it was like, I think it was like, yeah, like you said, like two minutes left now, like 15, 16 or whatever. I'm like, all right, let me just, because I, I did a quick reaction tonight. So I'm like, all right, let me start getting everything together, you know, do my little excerpt, my little thumbnail. I'm like, it's probably going to end like, you know, 90-some to 80-some. So I'm like, all right, let me get everything together. And like, I turned my head, and I'm like, oh, Fred, a three. I'm like, all right. Maybe, you know, somehow, like, this could maybe happen. And I'm like, mm, probably not. And then, you know, Gary comes back, and it's like, oh, 
Grayson Allen just punched him, you know, in an area you don't want to be punched. <laughs> and he made it. So I'm like, oh, maybe there's a chance. And it's like that final play before we went to overtime, I was like, this is going terrible. Like, I knew he was going to leave Scotty open. I knew he was going to try some, you know, screen and stuff. And I'm like, is Scotty going to shoot this after the game he's been, after what he's been doing? And then Gary just miraculously made the three. And I'm like, I started screaming. Like, my dog started screaming. Like, it was just a crazy time. So did you think Scotty was going to shoot it when he did that step back? Absolutely. I thought I thought he was going to put it up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's let's take some time to talk about Scotty. The fourth quarter overtime, I believe he scored eighteen or nineteen points. Finishes or yeah, nineteen points. Finishes with nineteen, four and three on the game. After for the second game in a row, getting a very very exaggerated drop. Not not pick and roll coverage against him. Just drop everything. They sink on every action they play. In some cases, we're talking 15, 16 feet off of him leaving him with tons of room. He eventually finds his way, not as a perimeter creator, but a guy who's getting the ball in the middle of the floor, using that runway to get to, I don't know, maybe between four and eight feet, getting to a lot of hook shots. And one of the interesting verbs of Scotty's hook shot isn't like a lot of other players, is that Scotty goes into players. He maintains the balance of his shot on his outside shoulder, on that shooting shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. And whatever else is happening, he maintains his balance. He can go like 45 degrees in air. And that worked. He was able to shield Brook Lopez off ball. Brook Lopez, who completely shut down the Raptors along with Giannis. And uh, so, yeah, your thoughts on Scotty turning it around in momentous fashion. Yeah, Scotty, you know, it was the same thing in the Pacer game. They were just like, whatever was going to happen, we're not coming up on Scotty. We're going to let him do whatever. And, you know, he was really getting after it, like, you know, as a screener. Like, he wasn't just, you know, just standing there and just looking around like a deer in the headlights. He was just like, all right, let me just pitch it, set a screen, get my guy, you know, to attack the drop coverage. Like, he was really helping out Fred and Gary in that aspect, you know, getting them a lot of mid-range looks. And then second half, he finally just decides, you know what, I think it's time that I need to, you know, you know, to put my hat, you know, in the ring for, you know, as a scorer in this game. And it's like, maybe it's time, and, you know, just the way he was attacking Brooke Lopez, because everybody was seemed to be a little shaky around Brooke Lopez tonight. It was like, it was, like, really hard to, like, get up, you know, flip shots and floaters around him. So for Scott to be able to, you know, drive a shoulder into him, hit a bunch of jump hooks and just a bunch of layups around him is just really huge for him. So Nick Nurse says they need to figure out how to get Scotty to do this during the whole game. Now, there's there's been comments by fans, by media, that range from overwhelmingly positive to overwhelmingly negative about Scotty Barnes and the trajectory that a lot of his games have followed. Even dating back to last year, I know you watched a lot of Raptors last year, that Scotty starts slow, seems to absorb game plans against him, eventually figure out the spacing of it, the pacing of it, how he wants to attack it. And I'm curious, so far into his career, are, are you okay with performances like this? Are you urging on more? Or do you just kind of say holistically that this is all part of the learning process? Honestly, I'm probably going with the second option. Like, I just think that it just takes Scotty a little while to just, you know, really be able to absorb, like you said, absorb the game plan against him. And as long as he's not, you know, being rushed in this process, like, that's what I'm really about. Like, I like process more than I like just firing off a bunch of shots because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of young players, if they see in that kind of drop, and, you know, Scotty's not like the worst shooter in the league. Like, he can hit a couple shots. But if it's somebody like Scotty, like, like somebody like, let's say, like Jalen Green, if Jalen Green was seeing something like that, he's going to shoot a bunch of shots. But he's not – Scott, he's not letting himself be rushed. He's not letting himself be, you know – he's not giving the defense what they want, and he's just, you know, sticking to his plan. 
So I really like that he just sticks to his plan. I really like that he just, you know, plays his own game. He doesn't try to force anything, and he's just really just, you know, playing at his own pace. So the defense, I think, is what I want to talk about next. We have to talk about Fred. We have to talk about Gary Pascal. Pascal with the worst game of the year, I would say, which was not fun to watch, and maybe the Raptors. Actually, in a game like this, the way that it ended, you know, especially that run of the fourth quarter, you can't make any predictions outside of it, but the Bucks come into this game with the 24th overall ranked offense. They don't have Drew. They don't have Chris Middleton. And this is a team that was overly reliant on Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then on top of that, the Raptors are the team more so than any other in the NBA who specialize in being able to lock down other superstars. But on top of that, maybe do it to their detriment sometimes. In this game, with the surrounding offensive talents, they managed to do it in pretty effective fashion. There was a run where the Bucks they hit threes, and then it looked like the Raptors were out of it. But then once again, the turnovers come up. I think Giannis finished with like 12 in this game, right? Yeah. 12 turnovers. That's, that's pretty crazy. He also had 19 defensive rebounds. Just a crazy stat line for him. But by all intents and purposes, I think that he had a bad game. I'm curious what you thought of the Raptors' defense against a struggling offense on the other side. Yeah, I thought the game plan for, you know, for the Ron, I mean, I thought the game plan for Giannis was pretty clear coming in, especially with, you know, Drew Holiday being rolled out, Chris Middleton being rolled out. I thought it was going to be clear that, you know, they're going to pinch in on Giannis. They're going to send a lot of doubles his way. And they're just going to make it really hard for him to, like, get comfortable and just make it really hard for him to get to the paint. And I think OG and Pascal, you know, notably did a great job. And OG really took a lot of bumps tonight from Giannis. Like, Giannis is, like, coming through the court, and OG is, you know, front and center right there, just taking a lot of the bumps. Because OG's pretty strong, but Giannis is, like, a crazy level of strong. So I think, you know, everything went pretty well. And I think, you know, my he scored 30 points. A lot of that was at the free throw line. But I think, you know, if you watch the game tape back, you would like the Raptors to, you know, replicate this again. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I felt when I was watching it. And yes, obviously, it's exacerbated in the worst way for the Bucks because of the limitations they have offensively. It's it's fun for them that they get to look back on this game. I'm assuming they like Grayson Allen, despite many people not liking him. But when you look at like Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, Javon Carter, Portis, Beauchamp, like Nora, those types of guys, when the the balance of the game is sitting in their hands, that is a less... I don't know. That that isn't the proposition a Bucks fan would really want. You want to be able to control your destiny in a more meaningful capacity. But the Raptors made the right decision, I think, again and again. And they they played the team that was in front of them. They played certainly good enough defense to win this game. It was the offense that wasn't there. And that was I think the Raptors got good performances from quite a few players. And considering the defense they were playing, definitely from Fred, definitely from Gary. OG and Pascal were, OG was ho-hum. Pascal was very, very bad relative to what we're used to. And Scotty found his way. Pascal Siakam, this is a superstar when I talk about him. I use the term superstar. I don't know how you feel about it, but how did you feel watching him? How did you feel watching him navigate, you know, this defense the way that he did? Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like... You know, he really makes his living at the rim a lot. And, you know, sometimes he gets into the mid-range bag, but mostly he's trying to, like, you know, duck and dive between defenders, get to the rim, really, you know, push up, put up put up a lot of, like, floaters, a lot of push shots. And I feel like this is the team that would make that the hardest for him because you have Giannis there, you have Brooke Lopez there. So it's hard to, like, 
get those around the basket looks, and especially like you know the way he's been playing. Obviously, teams are going to be like really keyed in on him, and they're really going to try to take away everything he's good at. And I feel like the Bucks did a great job at that tonight. That was basically you're expecting Pascal. This is the superstar thing, right? And it's a disappointing performance for him, especially actually. I was going to mention that. Raptors fans, you, you observe Raptors Twitter, which is the best place to get the pulse of the fan base. Maybe it it bleeds or you know runs a little hotter than most places, but Raps Twitter is very upset with Fred currently, and they seem to be very happy with Pascal's performances this year. They are also big fans of Scotty Barnes, and the first game on a national stage sees Fred... I would say at this game, Scotty had a great run late. Gary's last shot was tremendous, but Fred was the best player on the floor for the Raptors this game. Definitely. So a huge, massive audience just saw Pascal have a really, really bad game. Scotty extremely quiet for three quarters, and then Fred kind of shouldering the load despite shooting 35% from the field. I'm, I'm curious what, what you think about those two, I guess, perceptions colliding. Because because perception is a big deal when it comes to how we discuss players and everything like that. Yeah, I think, you know, Raptors fans, it's probably going to, like, burn them a lot because, you know, when you have a conversations with your friends and, you know, that watch basketball and maybe they're not watching as many Raptors games as you. Maybe you're looking like, oh, man, when I watched the, when I watched Toronto, Fred Van Fleet went crazy and that Pascal guy you said is the best, he was horrible. So now it's like the perception is going to be a little changed. But I feel like in the grand scheme of things, you know what I'm saying, this doesn't really change a lot. Because they still mad at Fred for, you know, missing that last shot. So they're always going to find a way. <laughs> yeah, like, I saw uh, I saw some comments, some tweets. Like, they're just like, Fred, like, why you shoot that? Like, Scotty's hot. Gary's hot. You know, basketball, it's just going to be – it's always fickle, you know. It's game. It's possession by possession. And it's just game by game. And Fred, he's gonna, he has to do a lot to get back into the good graces, though. And Pascal, I feel like this game, they're going to, you know, cut him a lot of slack because of what he's done so far. Yeah, just a blip. He, man, he had such a good game against the Bucks last season when the Raptors, I think it was January 15th maybe, and he hit that late shot after a ghosted Fred screen. It was a really nice game. But uh, you being a guy from America, I'm curious, just the like quickly, what are, what are your thoughts when you talk to your friends, when you hear rumblings around, when you talk hoops, wherever you, wherever you are talking hoops, what, what, what do people think of the Raptors? Siakam, Fred, like, you know, do they ever come up? Yeah, you know, like two nights ago, I was talking to my friend and he he was like, oh, do you think Pascal's better than Jalen Brown? And I was like, yes, he. it, it hurts how much he's, how much better he is than Jalen Brown. And he was like, but Jalen Brown, a way better score. And I'm like, I can't even tell, I can't even say nothing to you because if you believe that, then that means you're not really watching. So whenever the Raptors come up, they just, you know, they're talked about, as a, you know, a solid team. They're like, they're in that fun team realm when I talk to my friends about basketball. Like, they're not like taking super serious. And like Pascal, obviously, if, if I got a friend saying that Jalen Brown is better, they don't really, you know, they're not taking Pascal too serious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. The, I, it's Isn't it funny how it's always Jalen Brown? How is it yeah, always Jalen Brown? Uh, I guess because, yeah, one guy gets like, what, 26 and a half a game. The other guy gets like, what, 27 a game. Maybe maybe because when people go to like the points per game leaders, they're right beside each other. They're like, ah, you know, like I guess one guy scores more. So Jalen Brown game a little prettier, I suppose, like with the dribbling, I guess that plays a factor into it. And he got that reputation on defense, like just a whole <laughs> bunch of like perception things where it's like, ah, I don't know. 
Well, Jalen Jalen can put like three dribbles down and hit a step back three. Mm-hmm. And Pascal has done that like probably six or seven times this year. And Jalen's probably done it like 28 times this year. Yeah, so, which which carries a lot of weight. Uh, another guy who's hitting step backs, who hit the step back in this game, Gary Trent Jr. Tied the game up with 0.8 seconds left. Um, the shooting three for 12 in this game. He also shot um, 35% from the field. He and Fred had really similar um, they had really similar shot profiles in this game. Mm-hmm. But I tell you this much, Gary, in games like this, you can't be too picky, which is why Pascal might have been able to turn around but didn't. You just have to take offense wherever you can when, you know, it's 104 points after overtime. I'm curious what you thought of him and kind of his season so far. Yeah, Gary tonight, you know, like you said, you can't be picky on nights like this where it's like you're struggling to find offense, you're struggling to find shot making. So any Gary shot that goes in, and I feel like, Gary this season has just been real good, you know, at shot selection. He's not really forcing up a lot of tough ones like he did last year. And I feel like he's just been more patient. Like, he'll definitely pitch it back out and then, you know, try and get a screen or something. He's not really, you know, forcing it too much. And I just feel like his pull-up tool is always automatic. I feel like from three, he's been pretty good this season. I might have to check the numbers, but I feel like overall Gary's been pretty good this season. I feel like he's been a crazy, like, kind of consistent source of offense consistent source of offense this season like if you need a shot real fast if you need like you know a couple threes in a row to like stop a run or something you can look to Gary for that yeah I think he's shooting 35 percent from three which is down for him but it's been that's outside of one really bad slump and uh, that slump wasn't even the type of slump that comes on really difficult shots it was just missing a bunch of easier catch and shoot looks which uh, I don't expect to be the norm for him as you say his ability to get to spots hit on the floor and actually have like a much tidier, um, better shot quality is is awesome. But when we look at this offense, and obviously the defense was great. OG, as you mentioned, was awesome defensively, not only as a guy kind of stepping up to Giannis, being the first bump, but playing off of Giannis, um, being in passing lanes and everything like that. But the offense has to be talked about. And the Raptors, they don't play a pretty brand of basketball offensively or defensively, quite frankly. And when you watch this team and you watch it tonight, you know, the failings were different tonight, but what are you looking for them to try and achieve? Do you think that's on the roster currently? Do you think they need to look elsewhere? Like when you watch this team, what does it make you want more than anything? Well, when I watch this team, especially the past two games, I feel like, like, I don't know if you would agree or not, but these past two games later in the game, you're seeing the guys kind of get blown by by guys like they usually stay in front of. They're just really, really gassed. And, like, I think tonight a bunch of the starters played, like, 40-something minutes. Like, I think – I know Fred, for a fact, played 46 minutes. So, it's like you really want to see, like, the bench be tinkered with at the trade deadline probably because, you know, while playing these guys a bunch of minutes is, like, I'd say probably the best option right now because a lot of the bench guys, they come in and they're not so great. Like, you know, Malachi wasn't so great tonight. He was really bad again, yeah. Yeah, nah. And then, you know, that hasn't been good lately. Well, he hasn't been really good this season, I would say. But, you know, Precious wasn't that great tonight, especially on defense. That kind of shocked me a little bit. So when you have the bench just not, you know, performing like how you want them to perform, you really got to look to, like, grab from elsewhere. See if there's some small trades you can make to at least have, like, two, three, you know, solid, you know, bona fide guys on the bench. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And do you think they need more shooting? Like when you, let's say, as you said, Fred plays nearly 47 minutes in this one. Gary plays almost 46, Pascal north of 40. 
Scotty played 35 only, but OG almost 47 in this game. The starters are the ones who are taking up most of the minutes, and the starters don't even operate offensively that well. And I'm curious when it comes to Nurse versus the talent on the roster, when you watch them play, do you think that there's meat left on the bone from the guys there? Do you think that they're catering to the guys and playing the best offense they possibly can? Like, like, what are you left wanting when it comes to the main guys offensively? When it comes to the main guys offensively, I feel like this season we've seen a lot of, like, shooting slumps, especially from OG and Fred, and just guys that we usually expect to, like, really, really knock down outside shots. And then when, you have, when you're already so thin when it comes to shooting, and then the guys who you have pegged as the shooters aren't shooting that well, then it makes the shooting look even worse than it already is. And, you know, like you said, they don't play a pretty brand of basketball on offense. And a lot of it, you know, is, you know, give it to Pascal. Hopefully something works out. A lot of it is sometimes taking too long to get into actions. And then, you know, shot clock running down. And he had to get up a crazy shot or get up a quick shot. And just, I just feel like Nurse, he pours in a lot of attention to defense, obviously. But he doesn't really, you know, look at the offensive end and say, how can we get easier shots? What are some sets we can run to, like, make things quick, make, you know, get some great looks? So I feel like there's definitely a little bit of meat left on the bone, as you said. But I feel like that's more of a coaching thing than, you know, a player-by-player player thing. You think the when it comes to, like, a lineup of OG, Scotty, Pascal, Gary, and Fred, you think that's enough to be maybe even, like, in the half court they, they profile is definitely – below average, but you think they can get to average with the talent there? I think so. I, be- I believe that. Okay. that's It's it's one of the, the biggest questions on the roster, I think, currently, is how these guys operate and if they're being put in the positions they're supposed to, if they're being put in the positions that help them win, but they're not performing within those positions. And I don't think anybody has an ironclad I think answer for that you can you can kind of you know try and juxtapose like some of the on-off numbers. You can look at some of the specific set actions they run, but the truth of the matter is they haven't found uh, consistent offense and pretty offense or anything like that. It's it's been pockets and punches like you know Scotty finding his way at the end of the game, rampant shooting at the end of the game after having hardly any of it earlier, as you mentioned, right? With Scotty starting this game off. Why were people so down on Scotty in this game versus Scotty starting the Indiana game? I thought Scotty was awesome to start the Indiana game. And he, as you said, the process looks similar. Only to start the Indiana game, the Raptors hit more threes and the shooters made more of the actions working around Scotty's like pitch and screen actions, right? Mm-hmm. And shot making can make up for so much. The Nets are on a 12 game win streak right now. And the Raptors, as you say, a lot of slumps. A lot of misses. Pascal tonight missed a lot of shots that he typically doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was it's floaters bothered by Brooke, it's a lot of layups left on the rim where he's, you know, taking that last step to get by Giannis and still trying to evade Brooke. It's some of the shots that he should have made when he was covered by Portis, for example. It's all that stuff. And the inconsistent effort across the roster continues to plague these guys. And I wonder if that is you know, happenstance, if I wonder if that is players who genuinely clash, or if I wonder if that is a lack of creation on Nurse's part to get these guys cohesive. The answer doesn't seem at all easy to me, though, whatsoever. Yeah, nah, not at all. This is a really <laughs> confusing team at times, you know. You just kind of got to roll with it, I guess. Yeah. Is is that, uh, if you if you were going to do your parting shots for for this podcast, for this game, for this team, what, what would you say about these guys if you had to sum them up in like one minute? 
if I had to sum it up in one minute, I would say that this team is pretty frustrating at times, pretty, you know, they can be real exciting. You know, when they're rolling, they're really rolling. And when Pascal gets into that mode, like we saw against the Knicks, you know, when you got guys playing like that, like when you have a player like Pascal, it's great, you know, to have like really, really fun games. But then when everything's going wrong and it's just like the defensive scheme gets called into question a lot and you just question the bench a lot, it's just the team can be very frustrating at times. That, that's what I would say. Yeah. Okay. So the Reggie Evans award, I'm giving it to Fred Van Vliet. I thought he worked extremely hard in this game. Definitely. When it's when it came to this defense from the Bucks, it became very clear that the way to beat it at some points with with Pascal, it wasn't to do what Scotty did because Scotty was getting single coverage on the inside, and when Pascal went in there, he was always shaded not only by one of Brooke or Giannis on him, but the other, you know, in help right. Yep. Scotty had the single coverage. Hell yeah, he beat Brook Lopez at the top. He did a he had an excellent finish of the game. But the pull up jumper from Fred helped get them going early. Helped can help the cohesion of the offense and also defensively. I know that he had a dig that a lot of people were upset with on the corner three, but this is the Raptors scheme. Like I I don't when Scotty and Pascal and Fred and everybody and OG and everybody's in the paint at that point. I, I don't like kind of just being like, oh, Fred helped when he shouldn't have. When, you know, it's Giannis coming to the paint. And what was the game plan that brought them to that point? Everybody kind of collapsing on Giannis. But I thought I thought he hustled a lot in this game. It's the Reggie Evans Award winner. Are you ready to react to your first top <laughs> quick reaction comment? Absolutely, man. Yeah, the quick reaction king in the house. So this guy I like a lot. He's one of my favorite commenters on the site. Lee's quote. What does it take to get ejected? A guy goes up to Gary, fully in control of his momentum, and slaps him in the nuts. That's not enough. And because he wasn't ejected, he was out there at the end and made the winning three, end quote. Okay. That's uh, that's funny. I, I never even really considered that. Yeah, no, like I never I, thought about it like that. I think if it wasn't Grayson Allen in the corner, it just would have been another guy who probably hit the shot. Like, I was just, something like that. Yeah, like Grayson Allen is kind of like an NPC on offense, right? You know, he like <laughs> he's he's not gonna change the game that much, but yeah, I mean, an ejection, probably not. Although Grayson Allen, if he got ejected from the league, I wouldn't mind it because he has such a like that dude is a villain everywhere. He's got a bad track record, like just with doing dirty stuff. I don't know what it yeah. is. Yeah. It's, and it's not even like, you know, one thing. It's not even like kind of a villain in the Joel Embiid sense where Joel is like trolling all the time and is like funny and self-aware about it. It's like this guy actually goes out and hurts people on the low all yeah. the time. Um, yeah, that is kind of funny. I, I never considered that Lee's that, you know, that he shouldn't be in the game anymore. I was just like, ah, it's just one of the Bucks white shooters who's yeah. in the corner. They kind of blend in at a certain point. It's like, oh, who's that? You know? Yeah. Looks like, hey, do you think he looks like Ted Cruz? You know, a lot of people say that. I can see it. I see it a yeah. little bit. Younger version. Yeah, yeah. A younger, more athletic version of Ted Cruz, <laughs> I suppose. Damn. That is a really funny, I, I never considered that Lee's. That uh, I would. It's like a, yeah. like a butterfly effect type thing. Like maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe the Raptors won. Who knows? What, what do you think happens? Uh, is there an, let's say, uh, yeah, let's let's run through it. Okay, let's go to the roster. Let's do that, that thought exercise. Okay, so who's on the court at the end for the Bucks? Connaughton, uh, Giannis, Lopez, Allen, and Portis. So instead of Grayson Allen, Javon Carter. 
He he only played 22 minutes and he started the game. I don't think they would have put him on the floor, but do you think Javon Carter makes that three? I mean, in the game, he was over three from three. Yeah. But it's a wide open three. He's an NBA player. I don't know. Like, honestly, I really don't know. I bet Javon misses it. Marjan Beauchamp, though, I think probably hits it. Jordan Mora, I think, probably hits it. You Beauchamp, know what I mean? Uh, I think that that's too big for the rookie. I don't think he's hitting that. Okay. So maybe Lee's is on to something, you know? Well, maybe that would have been a brick. He made, he made a cook there. Damn. I, I thought maybe, yeah, it's just that NPC joke. But maybe Grayson Allen, 16 points, four boards, five assists, mm-hmm. two threes, six of eight from the free throw line. Maybe he was absolutely essential. He, he had a good game. That that much you can say. But he also just slapped Gary right in the, right in the coin purse for no reason. Yeah, not just... I don't know. I turn my head. I'm like, what is happening? Like, why do you, why do you do that for? Like, yeah. Crazy game. Is is this the craziest game, NBA game you've ever seen? Pretty much. Like, I, I really turn my head and I'm like checking other game scores. I'm like, yo, you're down like 15, like two minutes left. There's no way this is going to happen. You know, and the Raptors, they're like famous for like the fake comeback where like they make at the end of the game is like a really strong push, but like ultimately they lose. But this game, they really, you know, brought you back in and they crushed your heart again. <laughs> yeah, there was there was one game. And, you know, that's kind of the thing is like some teams, the good teams find ways to win and the bad teams find ways to lose. And it doesn't matter point differential, anything like that. It's just like good teams win games and bad teams lose games. And after seeing the Raptors for so many years prior to this, be a good team who always found ways to win. Like, it's a team that it's, like, 48 wins, 49 wins, 51 wins, 56, 59. Like, they just win a bunch of games outside of Tampa Bay. Even last year, won a bunch of games. To see them continue to lose a bunch of games this year, and in a bunch of different ways. And in this one, the most spectacularly horrific fashion. Dagum, dude. Tough to tough to swallow that one. But yeah. I feel like this is the end of the podcast. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel your first appearance? Man, I feel pretty good. I feel like a star, bro. You know what I'm saying? I feel like a, <laughs> a little superstar, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that fits. You could be tonight's superstar for sure. Uh, tell the people where to find you. Plug yourself, all that kind of stuff, uh, and uh, we'll get out here. Uh, you can find me on RaptorsRepublic.com. You know, after Samson posts all his work, I'm usually doing, you know, the the hard work, the gritty stuff, <laughs> you know, the glue stuff. But yeah, you can find me. Uh, my ad is Kai French Bar on Twitter, Makai Bruce on um. Raptors Republic, you know, those are places you can find me. Read my work. Hell yeah. And uh, listener, I hope you enjoyed listening. I've been Samson Folk, of course. Thank you to Kai for coming on. Thank you for listening. And whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. Peace.